This is episode number 88 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in this episode, we're going to do a review of the documentary Hebrews to Negroes. We'll give you our commentary on this particular documentary and give you some foundational truths from Scripture that back up some of the claims that are actually in this particular piece. We hope that this information will be beneficial to you and give you a deeper understanding of what it means to be Hebraic. So without any further ado, Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! You're my life. You're the creation. You make everything right. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Grasshopper. <laughs> and this is Hebrews in exile. <laughs> We're going to talk about a subject tonight that's very dear to us. Very much so. Falls Mm. very much in line with the title of our podcast, Hebrews in Exile. And we're going to try, we're we're, we're going to talk about the... narratives that have been going on in relationship to the hot topic Hebrews to Negroes. Yes, the movie by, uh, who is that, Uh, Mr. Ronald Dalton Jr. Yes. And what I am concerned about as I talk about this and as our various brethren who keep who want to proclaim their Hebraicness keep getting in trouble by thinking and people thinking that they're anti-Semitic and they're defaming the Oxenazi Jews I'm here to tell you that That's not the case. No, not at all. But I do want to put this out in front. I want to put this out in front. Good. Disclaimers. If you or anybody is going to claim an association with the Hebrew nation of Israel, whose Elohim is Yahweh or Yahuwah, however you want to pronounce his name, if you put that claim to who you are, the claim doesn't work unless you are also connected to the national constitution, which is Torah, the rules and instructions of the Most High. Yeah, very much so. If you're going to claim to be Hebrew then you also have to be functioning under the Constitution and the rules of the opulent nation of Hebrew Israel. Uh huh. If you're not doing that, then, and you haven't subscribed to learn how to do that, then you need to shut up. Yeah. 
Because you're going to get found out really, really quick. You need to shut up. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what I'm finding out is that our brethren who are trying to make claim to their ethnicity and their relationship for being Hebrew Israelites, the problem that resides is that they are not able to put any meat on those bones. So as one of the gentlemen said, well, when he was confronted to about the issue, he said, well, can you explain? He said, I don't have to explain. It wasn't that he didn't have to explain. It's that he couldn't put any meat on the bones. So he refused to indicate why he had said what he had said. I'm not mentioning any names. Yeah, because what that does is it, 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 gives, it gives you, it invalidates you a little bit because people want to, man, I heard the same thing too. And I, I'm thinking to myself, what a great teaching moment, and you blew it. Well, but you can't, you can't, here's the, here's the thing, here's the thing. You can't make a claim to be a Hebrew Israelite if you do not know the, the embodiment of what makes a Hebrew Israelite a Hebrew Israelite, and that comes out of a book that they don't read. Okay. Okay. They don't read this book. Now, you and I have taken, first of all, first of all, Hebrew Israel doesn't function by a Bible. Hebrew Israel does not function by scriptures. Scriptures, Bible, all of that comes out of Eurocentric Greek Greek minds and Greek Greek and Romanistic stuff. Mm -hmm. We function out of something that's called the scroll or that's called the Tanakh. The Tanakh embodies everything that is associated with Hebrew Israel. Okay. They can't, they, they can't, they can't hear a nod. They can't hear you when you nod. Well, y yeah, absolutely. That is our, we've always said that, which is our, it's our constitution. When we talk about our manuscript, it is, is, it is what delineates the nation of Hebrew Israel, which is the Tanakh. You've got however, however, agreed for, people who are not knowledgeable of that, then your source reference has to be what you call the Bible and the embodiment and the compilation of the work from what we call Bereshit, they call Genesis, to Second Chronicles. It, it, exactly. And I think you're being very global. I'm trying to follow you. Because... You can't, and, and if I'm following you correctly, so I'm asking this openly. Again, you, you can't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to acquiesce to being a, he, a Hebrew 
and under try to understand my roots and then not affiliate yourself with the things that are prescribed to doing that and then go straight to the bible and say this is how i validate what i understand you, you, you're you're mixing and matching greek theology with hebraic theology which is going to leave you confused at the end of the day am i, am I tracking well well yeah yeah but but here's what i'm saying Taking the Greek portion and setting that aside as if it never existed. Right, 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 right. The work that testifies to Hebrew Israel is in what we call the Tanakh, which is the embodiment work of Bereshit to Second Chronicles or Genesis to Second Chronicles. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the Tanakh. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the true. Torah. That's the prophets. That's the writings. Okay, good, good. So those three works are the embodiment work that defines Hebrew Israel in scripture. True. But we don't talk about, for us, it's not scripture. No, it's not at all. Not at all. It's more, it, it's, it's, it delineates a lifestyle for us. Yes. It delineates... So how we how we govern ourselves so so understand understand the pureness of which that we're speaking we're speaking to you and every week when we come to speak to you yes we make quotes and we read from what is known as scripture but that scripture that we're talking about for us is is the same information that's written in the scroll or written in the tanakh true so we're, what we're utilizing is the uh, translation, mm -hmm. transliteration. We have, for when we look at Hebrew, we have pure Hebrew. Then when we look at that and we start talking about pure Hebrew, we translate that. And, when, and then what's left is the transliteration that makes the, which makes what's written make sense, the syntax connect and make sense so that a reader can understand what's there. Okay. Let me add a, a little bit um, into that when you talk about Hebrew as well, why it means it's important to understand it from a Hebraic standpoint. That is, that is your language. Um, if you go look up what Hebrew, the language of Hebrew is, it, the definition of it will tell you that it is an, an Afro-Asiatic language. It's not Yiddish. It's not German. It is an Afro-Asiatic language that originated in a specific region. So understanding it from the standpoint to say, okay, all right, there's, there's value to understanding the Hebrew and the transliteration and, and understanding it in its pure form and its totality and how it's broken out and how it's, how it's and contextually how it's put together. Okay, now, so this documentary from Hebrews to Negroes mm -hmm. has a lot of people upset. Sure does, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, and here's why it's a good thing. You know, in spite of what we're going to say tonight in this podcast, mm -hmm. The Most High is at play here. Sure, absolutely. Yes. Because what this is doing, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's waking up people 
to understand that they have a connection with their roots mm-hmm. that come out of the continent of Africa that connect them back to the family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ir- irregardless of what we're going to say. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the, that's the great so, part about it. So, so that in itself is an awakening. Yes. To people who are sitting in idolatrous churches, mm-hmm. worshiping an idolatrous Elohim, mm-hmm. to stop and think about who they are. Correct. And what they need to do to truly be who they want to identify with. Absolutely. Absolutely. This gives you the clear, and you've said this so many times on many other podcasts, when you uh, give your constructive criticism for our uh, melanated leaders, because they talk about um, African-American history, especially for us, and they stop at slavery. They stop at the transatlantic slave trade. This is pre this is your origin story like they have now with these marvel movies that come out and they have all these origin stories about how these superheroes right, came, right, came right, to being right, right. this is your origin story pre transatlantic pre indian ocean uh, arabian slave trade right now there's another factor here mm-hmm. i watched the documentary in its totality and my view and my take on it, yeah, yeah, listening to the pundits who want to put down our brethren for bringing it up, and our brethren have brought it up, mm-hmm. but they brought it up in a sense that they can't defend what they're talking about. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it somewhere. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in your take on the whole entire whole entire document documentary. I'm not going to deal with the whole entire. Okay. I'm going to deal with the issue of anti-Semitism first. Okay. I did not hear not one sense in that documentary that had anything to do with anti-Semitism. So where is it coming up with that? Anti-Semiticness. It doesn't doesn't speak to that. So the question is, how do the pundits get this particular documentary to be anti-Semitic? Listen to the questioning that they're offering. Every time they bring up the question... They associate it with the atrocity that happened in Germany. Okay. So that, now that's where they're coming up with it. So you're not you're saying that X X and X. Okay. Which I got a whole entire dissertation on that. Yes. Yes. So now here's the issue. The documentary, nor do the three books, mm-hmm. deal with anything that's anti-Semitic. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There's nothing the in The documentary there. is not an anti-Semitic documentary. It's a documentary that disposes a people who claim to be the origin from the lineage of Abraham, which happen to be melanated people. Mm. The issue is whether or not the, the father's people are white or black. Yes. 
That's what it boils down to. That's yeah. what it boils down. Yeah. And that's not anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an issue of whether or not the father's people are melanated or they're non-melanated. That's correct. That's all this documentary is dealing with. That's right, because when you read the manuscript and the text that we're talking about, which I'm glad that you led with, uh, the Tanakh, the Tanakh gives you historical, we call historical fact, which is widely accepted. And also, I'm glad that the documentary brought this out as well. Even if you delve into the Apocrypha books, it also gives you the, gives you the delineation that this is a melanated group of people. But what you see occupying the current sliver portion of the land is not indicative of what text is telling us. Right. And the, and the documentary is trying to use certain scientific ways of trying to, de- I don't want to use that word, to um, uh, defend the Most High's position, which is in the Tanakh. Right. I think that's a diplomatic way of putting that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, now, with that being said, truth can only be supported by history and facts. Sure. So we're going to build this and give you facts so that when you claim to be a Hebrew Israelite, you'll be able to defend truth based on true facts. Okay. Now, fact, every, every ethnicity has a language. True. Fact. <laughs> well, well, what you going to do? You're going to sit over there at night and go, true? Uh, there's, no, there's nothing, not there's, true. No, there's nothing to refute. Okay. There's nothing to refute. Okay. okay. I'm, 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 I'm biding my time. You know how, a a, a, a good, you know, how Muhammad Ali was sitting there with George. Oh, you, are you over there dancing in the corner? I'm dancing up? in the corner. I'm just, I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for the opening. That's all I'm doing. Okay. You, you're setting the stage. Okay. Okay. Please, please hear me. Every <laughs> ethnicity has a language. So, if you purport to be Hebrew, and if the opulent nation of Israel is Hebrew, if Father Abraham is Hebrew, which we're going to prove, we're going to prove tonight that oh, he yeah. is, then the language that he speaks is also Hebrew, and it's not Jewish. That's correct. That's correct. The ethnicity of the Hebrew nation of Israel is Hebrew, and their language is Hebrew. Right. Not not Jewish and not not Yiddish. Right. The the individual that you you have. And what I'm saying ain't got nothing to do with being anti-Semitic. It's a fact. Yes. You can go look and, and Google they, this up, yeah. And, and, and if they want to come and somebody wants to say what we're saying right now is anti bring it on. Bring it on. Let's deal with the fact. But before you come for me, you better do your doggone homework. Yes. True. True indeed. You better do your homework. True indeed. 
Now. <laughs> Boy. You warming up. <laughs> the nation of Israel. We're gonna leave, we're gonna, we're gonna drop off the Hebrew now. Uh -huh. We're just gonna talk about the nation of Israel comes from the loins of Father Abraham. True. Very true. Who, in Bereshit chapter 14, with the war of the kings, where Lot was captured, the text says in verse number 13, someone who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew. That's right. So, who was Abraham? He is the Hebrew. Please take note that Father Abraham is referred to as a Hebrew, and out of his loins came the 12 sons that are called Hebrew people. That's correct. Fact. Fact. How does Father Abraham get to be a Hebrew? Very good question. Very well, good let, question. Well, well let's, let's answer that question. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, good. We have to go back to the genealogy of the sons of Noah in chapter number 10 uh, and chapter number 11. Well, let's, set it, let's, set, let's set, I want to set this all up so it's clear in everybody's mind. Now, what I'm getting ready to read to you and what I'm getting ready to tell you if any Akshenazi Jew wants to challenge you on this, take them to their own scroll. They, now, uh, uh, the majority of people that, that, are, that, are, that are scoffing at this documentary, that are, that are hollering anti-cinema, they can't read not one iota of Hebrew. Yeah, they, they can't. And not only can they not read one iota of Hebrew, I guarantee you that probably I'm going to stretch it, but none of them have even read Genesis chapter 10 and chapter 11 and have a clue what it's talking about. Yeah. But you know what? Oh gosh, I want to wait. I want to save this because you're on a roll. Because this is dealing with this issue and it's jumping in there because you asked the question earlier, why in the world did they come up with the anti-Semitism? And I, I alluded to an issue that happened in, in Germany. Because anytime that you hear anybody talk about that, they bring up that particular issue. Well, I'm and, and I'm saying, that. and that's why I'm saying anybody that, and I'm getting ready to get on my high horse now. Because anybody that, when you, have that question posed. What's happening here is obviously they're saying, okay, the atrocity that happened in the Holocaust and there's a specific cue inside the documentary where that issue was brought up. And because individuals are not doing the research on the, the context upon which that's brought, being brought up in, they automatically assume, okay, because you're making a statement like that, 
you must be anti-Semitic. And you're not looking at the entire, entire context about how it's being presented. It's about 20 minutes in to the documentary. After you get past the 14 minutes of promos that are in the front, you get to this portion that's brought up. And it's brought up by, matter of fact, with the doc, I got to get on this. I got to do this because I've been sitting on this for a while and it's burning my well, rear well, end. Well, 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 just. That's why I said I needed to save this. I'm trying. I'm, hold, hold you up. see the coach in the corner? Costellano. Costa hey, hold, hold slow up. down. Hold You're it too fast. Hold it, little grasshopper. <laughs> hold it, little grasshopper. Let me help you out. I'm going to help you out here. Because I'm getting ready to say something that will probably be taken as being anti-Semitic, but it's true. Oh, okay. But I go ahead, because I've got to finish this one. And it's going to prove my our point as we work through Father Abraham and the Hebrew nation. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely unequivocally not one documentary statement or fact that you can find anywhere that says one Hebrew son of Israel was part of the Holocaust. There wasn't a, there wasn't a melanated person in the Holocaust. Mm. Not one. Not one. But you have to ask, and I'm not being anti-Semitic with that, mm -hmm. and you have to ask yourself why. If, if, if the Holocaust was about Jews, mm -hmm. why was the Hebrew nation of Israel not part of it? And why is it that people know this? Now, what, what, what precipitated the Holocaust? Hmm. There's a history. There's, there's a, history, there's a yeah. history, historical fact that precipitated the Holocaust, mm -hmm. and this, you all, people are not going to gravitate to. Listen. Oh my <laughs> goodness, this is too far in. I maybe I need to let you talk a little bit. Well, okay, okay. Let, let me hold that point right there. Okay. Let me let, because because I, let me let me go here. Wait I, a minute. Just let's, let's let's take a breath for a minute. Okay. <laughs> the fact is that when you read our document in every instance of text where the father's people have suffered at the hands of another nation when Hebrew Israel has suffered at the hands of another nation the father has judged the people that caused them to suffer Mm -hmm. And here's a historical fact. In 1490, out of Portugal and out of Spain, the Oxenazis are the ones who facilitated the transatlantic slave trade. What did sure. I say? What did I say? The transatlantic slave trade orchestrated. What, what, what year? 1490. And when did the Holocaust happen? Mm. Much after that. Aha. Uh -huh. Much later after that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know why the Holocaust happened much later after that? Mm. Because the <laughs> Most High, He just adds it all up and then He waits and then He pronounces judgment. 
and the Oxenazi Jews under the hand of Hitler fell into a Holocaust. And they fell into the Holocaust because historical fact proves that the father's people, though he said he was going to disperse them to the four corners of the earth, he did not mean for them to suffer. Mm. Mm. And that's scriptorial fact. See, now now you're dealing with issues that just don't... Wow. Well, now you could now you could now you can roll grasshopper. Okay, now I'm a roll I'm a roll with this. Roll hat grasshopper. Because because I when you get to rolling, I still got to come back to Gen, to to, to Bereshit chapter, chapter, chapter ten, 10 and eleven yeah. to prove how Abraham is a Hebrew and how the Oxenazi Jews are not semantic. Right by and it, text, and it's right there by text and by their own text. Right, right, right. So when. Those of you that are actually listening to a lot of the, the banter that's coming from individuals that are, are uh, offended, one of the things that they'll come back and say is that if you're watching this documentary, the documentary brings up an issue about the Holocaust, so you must be anti-Semitic because you're bringing up this issue. I take exception to that, and if anybody is answering that question or is confronted by it, this is the way that I would have answered it. Now, I know how some of the elite may have answered the question, which was very vague, but at this particular time, I think there's an issue of trying to understand. That's how I know they didn't watch it and understand it and do any research on it, because there's an excerpt, like I was saying before, that's in there, and that excerpt is taken from an individual by the name of Harold Wallace Rosenthal. Harold Wallace Rosenthal was a was a Ashkenazi who was interviewed in I believe 1960 somewhere in there, um, 63, 64, 65 somewhere in there, and he was interviewed by um, an individual who wasn't an Ashkenazi. Thirty days after he gives this interview, he ends up getting killed in a terrorist attack. But in this particular uh, uh, interview, he makes the claim which the document or at least the documentary that was presented by Ronald Dalton, all he simply does is he uh, gives an excerpt from this interview. And in this interview, uh, uh, Harold Wallace Rosenthal says that at least gives five points that basically says there was a conspiracy put together by the Jewish community to on five points, that number one, that they are the real Hebrew Israelites. Number two, um, forgive me, you're going to have to go back and look up this, this, this interview, um, that, um, that Jesus Christ is a Jew. Number three, that the Holocaust was, didn't really kill six million some odd people. And that is the, that's the piece that they put in the documentary. Now, you got to go a little bit further and do your research on this individual called Harold Wallace Rosenthal and this interview that's happened. Because when you look at in context, you really cannot, now this is going to be a, this is going to be constructive criticism for the documentarian because the interview that's there, it is very hard to find on the internet. It really is difficult to find. And when you go on the internet and look at it, you look at it from a standpoint to say from in context for the entire interview, it seems very sketchy. It doesn't seem credible. So he's taking something and he's interjecting it into his, docu his documentary to say, here is something that you need to go and research. Not to sit there and say that I believe in this particular statement, but 
These are some of the statements that have been made that are coming out of the Jewish community. Whether you believe it or not, that is up for you to disseminate. There, I think whoever is being asked or challenged on that needs to be able to answer that emphatically if you're going to defend the documentary and say, hey, listen, it's something that somebody interjected in there, but that's not the point. The point is not to sit there and say to somebody, okay, we're kind of trying to debunk the Holocaust. That's not what we're trying to do. He's trying to bring awareness of, okay, this is the people that we're talking about. Scripture text or manuscript doesn't line up with what we're seeing. Out of your own mouth, there's disparaging information that is coming from that camp. That's all the documentarian is doing. And I think it's an egregious act if you're sitting there being asked a question about it and you can't emphatically give a reasonable answer for, because that's all they're going to come with. They're going to come with vitriol and they're going to come with this issue of you're anti-Semitic. You're a Holocaust hater. And that's not what the, uh, that's not what this documentary is about. No, no, It's no. a deflection to make an individual or individuals look bad. Do your research. Just stop taking, listen, this is the issue that I have with watching this thing. Is because I'm not one of those individuals just because he wants to call himself a Hebrew. And I'm glad you led with that. Which is, if you're going to prescribe to being a Hebrew, then you got to prescribe to the, the teachings and walking in Hebraicness. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just because you put out a documentary, I'm going to disseminate everything you put out to make sure it lines up with text and make sure that you, when whatever you're doing, that you're doing it in a, a contextual sense. So that's why I believe he, there's getting a lot of heat because they're taking pieces of, a, of an interview, pieces of this, and put, putting an interview together to make a claim. But you got to do your research on your own and look at the whole entire picture. If I was the documentarian, I'd have left that out. I'm just flat out tell you. I'm going to give you some constructive criticism. I stand with Rit with Ronald Dalton on this one, on the documentary. Mm -hmm. But there's room for improvement. Yes. And that's one of them. Yes. If you're going to stick to the script, stick to the script. Yes. Stick to proving, which he does an eloquent job of doing, yes. through genetics, yes. through uh, hermeneutics, yes. through linguistics, yes. through uh, genomes, yes. to try to prove his point, which yes. he does for the first two hours yes. of the, document, yes. doc, yes. Of the yes. documentary, Absolutely. Absolutely, which I think he did an excellent job of. But you got you to gotta consider your sources because people are going to pick them apart. And that's what they ended up doing. They honed in on this one little 10-second blurb. And this is why I'm getting on my high horse, because of the fact it's a 10-second blurb over a three-and-a-half-hour hour document, a, a documentary. And if that's all you can pull out, you're searching to debunk it and using information in there that's sketchy to do so. I disagree with having it in there, and that's what people are hanging on to. Oh, you must be anti-Semitic because, because you prescribe to that. An individual, I'm, I myself are saying, you know, I disagree with that, with that excerpt. Yeah. Well, totally disagree well, with well, it. Well, my point is, and, 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 and you're right. You're absolutely right. Number one, number one, Aksanazi Jews don't believe in Jesus Christ. They sure don't. And that's number one. Mm. Ask any one of them if they believe that he's the Messiah and they'll tell you no. Oh, no. Yeah, Exactly. So that's, that's, not, that's not the truth. Now, what I said earlier about the Holocaust is part 
of the historical operation of how the Most High judges people mm. who do bad things to his people. The Most High's claim to the atrocities that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel, did to Hebrew Israel when, when, when they conquered them and they went into exile because they refused to follow Torah and they decided to follow idolatrous worship and the Most High sent them the first time into exile. Mm -hmm. The Most High was not expecting Nebuchadnezzar to treat his people the way they did. Right, right. Now, you go read the book of Ezekiel and you'll find that the Most High takes Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar smooth out. Right, right. It's exactly what happens. And this is the same action he's done with the Ashkenazi Jews. Mm. Because history records, I'm going to say it again, history records, history records, there are books, I'm going to, I'm going to give them to you. Okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to talk about them later. Mm -hmm. But history re re reports that in 1490, it was the Ashkenazi Jews who who went to Portugal because the Portuguese had the ships and that the slave trade is the operation of the Ashkenazi Jews out of Spain. Those are the Sephardic ones, yes. Yes, and that is a historical fact. fact. Yeah, yep. Now, so if the Ashkenazi Jews want to come to me about that and tell me I'm anti-Semitic about that, damn. Right. Excuse my French, but damn. The do, do you know how many Hebrew Israelites died in the transatlantic slave trade coming out of the continent of Spain and out of Africa across those waters? Do you know how many of them died? Do you know how many of them were laid flat on their backs like loaves of bread in the bottoms of ships coming across the transatlantic slave and then you're going to tell me I'm anti-Semitic I want to say something that I can't mm. right because there's that issue oh I want to say something that I can't <laughs> right oh I want to say something that I can't oh see that Let's back up. Let's yeah, stop. okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's stop. Let's, let's stop right here because yeah. my, 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 my blood pressure will go, yeah. Let's go back. Let's take a deep breath and let's go back to mm -hmm. text. Mm -hmm. The question is whether or not the Ashkenazi Jews are the true descendants of Hebrew Israel. Mm. Let's read text. This is in their scroll. This is the trans, this is the transliteration of the scroll. Mm -hmm. In order to understand this, Bereshit, Genesis chapter 10. Here is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. Mm -hmm. Shem, Ham, and Yephat. Yeah. The sons were born to them after the flood. Right. The sons of Yephat were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Yovan, Tuval, Meshach, 
and Tiras, the sons of Gomer, mm -hmm. were Axanas, mm. Riphat, and Togamar. The sons of Yovan, from whom the Greeks come, were Eli Elisha, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, Dodin, and from these the islands of the nations were divided into their lands, each according to its language and according to their families in their nations. Mm -hmm. So, now, that's Yephat. Now, I'm going to skip Ham for the moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get down here to Shem. Where are you, Shem? Now, verse 21, chapter 10. The children, children were also born to Shem, ancestor of all the descendants of Ever, mm -hmm. the older brother of Yephat. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Akshpad, Lud, Aram. The sons of Aram were Uts, Hul, Geter, Masa, Mas, Akshpad, Father Shalak, Shalak, Father Ever. I want you to keep Ever in mind. Mm -hmm. To Ever were born two sons. One was given the name Peleg, division, because during his lifetime, the earth was divided. His brother's name was Yoktan. Yoktan fathered uh, Al-Modad, Shelef, Hatzar, Mavet, Yarak, Hadaram, Uzal, Nikla, Oval, Avimael, Shiva, Ofer, Havla, Yovav, and all these were the sons of Yogtan in their territory stretched from Mesha as you go towards the Safar to the mountains of the east. These were the descendants of Shem according to their families and languages. Now, now we have to go to chapter number 11. Where you get the derivative of, sim, of, of, of somatic. That's where that comes from, from Shem. Yes, 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 yes. So we know that Shem is somatic. We know that Jephat is not somatic. Correct. From which that the text says, Oxenas come from. That's right. Now follow the line. Mm -hmm. It's in their text. Now I got to get somewhere. I left my my other document that I had all this on. I can't find it, but I, it's here in text. Oh, let's see. But while you're looking for that, let me add this in here too. Is that um, Yefat? Um, again, you can go uh, look this up. Uh, do your research on it, please, please, please. Do your research. Uh, Yefat. Um, 
goes into the the northern region of the Mediterranean area into the the Slavic areas and then uh, speaking about these it, these these names that we're using Ashkenaz and Sephardic and I think it's uh Sephrat uh, I think that's what it is it talks about the di- those are the different regions that um make up the current uh Jewish nation right now Jewish religion um, and I want to make a distinction with that, the Jewish religion. Um, Sephardics are people that are from Spain, from that particular area. Um, uh, Sephrats are um, individuals that are from France, that particular area. And the Ashkenazi, which represents 80% of the Jewish community, are from the area in Germany. So um, it's a very Slavic group of individuals that are there. Um, why you're, you're doing it. And, and actually, uh, the names of those, just like what we have when you get down there and it says that um, uh, Mitzrayim is one of the sons. Mitzrayim is the name for Egypt. Those people from that particular area are, we, we disseminate um, our descendants from that particular individual. So when those names got assigned to uh, the Ashkenazis, it's talking about the, the particular area that they came from, which was in a German, what we call Germany today was in that particular region. That was a sign. And that and that was that's kind of some information that comes from Flavius Josephus, which is a Jewish Ashkenazian uh, historian. Yes. And there are some other writers that write about yep. that also. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're going to continue the lineage of Shem. Now, I mentioned one of the names of Shem was Shalak. Yeah. Shalak is one of the one of the descendants of Shem. So mm-hmm. we're going to pick it up in, in verse 14. Shalak lived 30 years and fathered Ever. Mm-hmm. After Ever was born, and Ever means all Ever means is the other side. Right. Was born. Shalak lived another 403 years and had sons and daughters. Ever lived 34 years and fathered Peleg. After Peleg was born, Ever lived another 430 years and had sons and daughters. You can follow if you if you follow get 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 what you call the Bible out of what out. I mean I'm in I'm in Genesis chapter 11 and I'm reading down through verse 14, 15, 16. Now I'm at verse 18. Peleg lived 30 years and fathered Reu. After Reu was born, Peleg lived another 209 years and had sons and daughters. Reu lived 32 years and fathered Shurug. After, after Shurug was born, Reu lived another 207 years and had sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. Shurug lived 30 years and fathered Nahor. After Nahor was born, Shurug lived another 200 years, had sons and daughters. Now, here it comes. Here it comes. Now, remember, verse 22 says, Sherug lived 30 years and fathered Nacor. Okay? Yep. Now, Nacor is a descendant of Shem. Correct. Whom Ever is a descendant of Shem. Correct. Okay? After Nacor was... Now, verse 24 says, Nacor lived 29 years and fathered Tiarek. That's right. Tiarek, after Tiarek was born, mm-hmm. Nahor lived 
another 119 years and had sons and daughters. Well, who did Terak father? Here he comes. lived 70 years and fathered, and fathered Avram. Mm-hmm. Who is, where does Father Avraham come from? He comes from the lineage of Shem. Of Shem. He's a Shemite. That's correct. Which again makes him somatic. Now, now, let's get it on. <laughs> Out of Father Abraham, who happens to be a Shemite, and not if not from Japhat, but he's a Shemite, makes him somatic. Mm-hmm. Out of Father Abraham comes the issue that's on the table. Who is Israel? Mm. Where does Israel come from? The text says that Abraham is comes from Shem. Shem is a Shemite, and out of out of Abraham comes the twelve sons of Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From his firstborn son, whose name is not Ishmael, but Yitzhak. Yitzhak. Who fathers Jacob Mm -hmm. and Esau. And Jacob is the progenitor of the 12 sons of Israel Mm -hmm. who make up this opulent nation called Israel. There it is. Now let's go back and. (laughs) Now let's go back and deal with this anti Semitic verbiage. Okay. Does the text say that the lineage of Shem, that Father Abraham comes from the lineage of Japhat, or does he come from the lineage of Shem? Abraham comes from Shem. So it is from Shem that this opulent nation of Israel comes into existence. And all of these brothers happen to be melanated people. That's right. That's right. And that's, to tie the movie back in, that's what the movie is trying to, another way of doing it. I mean, because we were already there prior to the movie, because it says it emphatically in text. But what the brother in the movie is trying to do is trying to do it through, like I said, genomes, genetics, looking at the cultural norms of the individuals that are there, what kind of cultural things that tie them back to uh, Hebrew Israel, their language, some of the things, that, the, the, the terminology that they use to, to establish the melanation of these people. But that was more, way more simpler than that for me. He didn't have to spend three hours on that for me. Because you know what? For me, what did it? is when I started looking at the names of individuals, who these individuals were marrying, where they were. Egypt is a melanated place. Yeah. The Hebrews flourish. They come out a million plus strong out of of, of Mitzrayim. Out of Mitzrayim, yeah. And you're talking about, when you talk about uh, 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 our master teacher, and I mean master teacher, masterful, Ph. There's summa cum laude in, 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 in Torah. The writer of Torah married Zipporah, who was a woman from, the, from where? Cush. Uh, That's she, Ethiopia. Oh, she's black. That's a black woman. When you talk about other individuals, who? Hagar was from where? Egypt. Egypt. She's a black woman. So you can't tell me that 
These individuals, when you look at individuals' names like Pincus, Pincus' names means dark skin. Means dark skin. When you start looking at all these different pieces that are that are outlined within the text, you have not, you can't do anything but deduce and conclude that this is a melanated group of people. Yeah. So I, I, I applaud the brother of saying, okay, if, even if you don't believe that, let's look at the genetics of what's going on for those people in that area. And none, and none of it matches up to what we see currently in present day. Yeah. And please understand something. Please understand, please understand something. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it over and over again. I am not slamming the Jewish community and their faith. No, they not the, at all. Right. They have exactly. the right to believe and worship the Elohim that they deem to be their Elohim. I have not a problem with that. And that's, and that's not even the argument. The argument here is whether or not the most highest people are melanated or non-melanated. That's the issue. Right. And by text, by text, mm -hmm. by their scroll, mm -hmm. by their scroll, I'm going to say this again, by their scroll, they are not Shemites because they come from Japhat. They don't come from Shem. By their own scroll. Now, there are several books, and there are two books, and I'm going to read from one of them, by... Elmore von Flesher. One of the books is named The Black Hebrews and the Black Christ. The other is named The Black Role in the Bible. There's another author out there by the name of uh, Mauli, M-A-W-U-L-I. And the book is called The Call, mm -hmm. The Hebrews. There's another book by Janice Winston that's called Go Tell My People Who They Are. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a very good book and it deals, with, it deals with the genetic components of the aspects of what makes the Hebrew, Hebrew very good. a Hebrew. It's a very good book. Very it's, good. About, it's about an inch and a half inch and a half, inch and three quarters thick. Mm, mm. Now, there are the well-documented books. Now, you're not, some people are not going to like this, but the work that the nation of Islam has done on this issue oh, yeah. of the Oxenazi Jews is to be, it's, 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 it's the acumen in there is excellent. Mm. It's Agreed. historical and it's factual and it can be proven. Mm -hmm. One of their books is The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. Mm -hmm. How the Jews Gain Control of the Black American Economy. Mm -hmm. Oh. Now, uh, one of our other brothers Real. that got into trouble, uh -huh. that lost all his money, mm -hmm. brought the issue up of the economy. Mm. Another by them is called auction sales, Jews selling blacks, mm. with pictures of the slave sale advertising by American Jews. It's, it's documented. They got pictures that 
of all of their sales documents of how they were going about selling the, the, the blacks when they brought them here to America. Mm-hmm. All of these books are very well done and document the Oxenazi's activity with the true people of the Most High, the nation of black Hebrew Israel. Mm. So before anyone calls somebody anti-Semitic or berates them, they should read these books and gain some knowledge. Right, right. <laughs> I've given you, I've given you, I've given you at least four or five books. And here's a here's a good point. Let me lick a, let me lick a stab here. It can't be said, and it can't be said enough. Take the information, read it for yourself, disseminate the information. What do we try to do in a court of law every single time? We try to make sure that we have an ironclad case so we alleviate any reasonable doubt. Do your research on it, please, before you have emotionally react to something because it's status quo. That's what's happening here today. We got what you led with. Individuals, because it's been preached to us and ingrained to us, this is the way it is. And when you hear Israelite and Jew, you assume that they're the same thing because they occupy that currently, they occupy that land. A Hebrew, and I think that's what we're trying to establish here, being Hebrew and being, and again, I got to say this, you said it out of your mouth, I'm going to say it out of mine. This is in no way trying to be they can again worship and ultimately at the end of the day they believe in Yahweh too ultimately so they've done it a different way they've got the Talmud they've built a hedge and all this extra stuff around it and how they do it is the way they do it that's their religion they're free to do whatever they want to do but the issue is is that what we're trying to bring scholarly insight to some acumen to is to understand, is to break apart this issue of saying that when you think of Jews or Jewishness, that it's Hebrew. Those are two different things. There are two different, there are absolutely two different things. Just like when we, we have gone, we've gotten a lot of heat from the Christian community about breaking apart this issue. When you crack open that Bible, you think it's one work of uh, one work. It's not. It's, it's not. Two it's different, two different distinct pieces. It's two, two separate pieces. You've got a Greek side and you've got a Hebrew side. And one is diabolically opposed <laughs> to the other. Right. So because it's been presented to you like it's one holistic book and then you start doing your research on it and you're like, oh. And that's all this is. Do the act, have the acumen, do the study. Now, I'm going to read you a portion of work from... Um, um, Flexner's works The Black Roll in the Bible and what I'm getting, to read, getting ready to read you is written in the Jewish Talmud oh, okay. the Babylonian Talmud Talmudic scholars who came out with their own version of the Babylonian Talmud have greatly scarred the black race. However, the version of the Talmud containing this verse, oh, is no longer in use. I wonder why. Mm. 
This is called the curse. Now, and and this is in this is in bold print. So this is a this is an excerpt out of the Babylonian Talmud that is no longer in use. Now I can't beget the fourth son, whose children I would have ordered to serve them, and your brothers. Therefore, it must be Canaan, your firstborn, whom they enslaved. And since you have disabled me, doing ugly things in blackness of night, talking about talking about Noah and his son Ham, Canaan's children shall be born ugly and black. Oh boy. Moreover, because you twisted your head around to see my nakedness, your grandchildren's hair will be twisted into kinks mm -hmm. and their eyes red. Again, because your lips jested at my misfortune, theirs shall swell. And because you neglected my, you neglected my nakedness, they shall, they shall go naked and their male members shall be shamefully elongated. Mm. Men of this race are called Negroes. Their forefather, Canaan, commanded them to love theft and fornication, to be branded together in hatred of their masters and never to tell the truth. This is what is written in the, the Talmud? Babylonian Talmud, mm. which seems to be no longer in use. Hmm. Now, am I anti-Semitic because I because I quote something out of their their work? Hell no. It, you, know, you know what this is like? What? This is like somebody coming to you and say you're racist. You know, how no, in the no, world no, can no, you no, be racist? No, 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 no. You know what this is like? This is like being in court and I'm presenting a case. Your Honor and jury, I'm presenting a case. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on. Let me let me finish that statement. When when someone comes to you and says, as a as a melanated person, and say you you're being racist, that's it, that's a, it's not practical, because we as a melanated group of people don't control an economy. We don't control any of that. We don't control anybody how what, how where you go to school. We don't control a government. We control any of that. That is the definition of being racist. So it's. It's not practical. It's improbable for someone to call you a racist. It's improbable and impractical for somebody to call you an anti-Semite. How can I be anti-Semitic against myself? And that's what people continue to keep pontificating about. How in the world are we anti-Semitic if we're talking about we prescribe to be Hebraic? I can't be, I can't hate myself. And that's the problem. That's what, that's the analogy of what I'm trying to draw here between the two. It's like, What bearing does that have on anything? You know? Let's go to text. Let's do it. Because my dear brother who's writing this book mm -hmm. is going to take us to text. Okay. You remember, you remember a guy named Gehazi? Vaguely. Text? You remember Elisha's servant? Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, yes, I do. Now that you bring it up, yep, that's I, I do. 
Remember the gentleman that came to Elisha and he offered to pay Elisha and Elijah wouldn't take his money or what he was offering because he had healed him, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he ran off and Gehazi went after him. That's right. And Gehazi yeah. ended up taking his, taking them. he said, hey, give it to me. What happened to him? <laughs> you remember now, what happened to him? What yeah, happened to him? I, b- I believe what the in- he ended up coming back and when he came back to Elisha, Elisha confronted him about it. He yep. said he already knew what he had done. Yep. Yep. Fill it in for the rest of me. I think he ended up dying. Nope. No, he didn't up die? Okay. Nope. What happened? Nope. I get foggy after that. Elijah knew the truth and cursed Gehazi, saying, The leprosy therefore of Naaman ah, yeah, 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 shall yeah. cleave unto thee. Mm-hmm. Now there's an interesting part of this leprosy. A.R. Windsor, who he is, I don't know, but mm-hmm. he's in this document, has pointed out that this type of leprosy affected the reproductive organs, the genes and the chromosomes that determine hereditary characteristics mm-hmm. in his body. Mm-hmm. This meant that all his children would produce white offspring, even though he was a black man at mm-hmm. first. This was the curse of Gehesi. Mm. What's the point? Mm. The white Jews were introduced into Palestine, which had been occupied by melanated people for centuries. Palestine was op- was was occupied by Hebrew. Israelites melanated people for centuries mm-hmm. with the invasion of Alex invasion of Alexander the Great mm. they are the Pharisees the Sadducees and Gentiles that are mentioned in quote quote mm-hmm. across the street yeah with the Roman invasion of Palestine thousands of Melanated Jews, and he uses black Jews, I'm going to read it the way it is. Black Jews fled that territory to Africa, settling in Mitzray in Egypt, Ethiopia, Sudan, and West African countries such as Ghana, Senegal. Some also settled in Spain, in Portugal, and elsewhere. The Roman conquest of Palestine was noted for its brutality, and thousands of black lives were lost. Mm. The white Jews fled back to Europe. Islamic invasions sparked further dispersal of the Jews. Mm-hmm. The white Jews who fled to Europe intermarried with a people that's called the Khazars, K-A-H-A-Z-A-R-S. Mm. In fact, most of the Jews in Europe had become quite dark due to centuries of mixing with the Africans of Palestine. The Khazars later set up the formidable kingdom of Khazaria by the 7th century were a force to reckon with. Their empire extended from the Black and the Capsan Seas, then called the Sea of the Khazars, to the Urals and the Kivi, their capital was was Etel, 
which is located in the Volga Delta and was, was a variant center of commerce. And we're talking about, who are we talking about? We're still talking about these white Jews. Mm -hmm. The Khazars were a powerful, were as powerful as the Byzantine, whose empire they befriended in the 10th century and who wanted to use them as allies in the struggle against the equal powerful Arabs of the Muslim Caliphate. Khazaria lasted about 500 years. It is believed that without the Khazars, Europe, or at least a sizable part of the continent, would have been completely Islamic. Author Kostler says, in the 13th tribe, as Charles Martel's France saved Gaul, Western Europe so the Khazars save the eastern approaches to the Volga, Danube, and East Roman Empire itself. Okay? I'm trying to get somewhere. I got to read on here. It was only in the 8th century that the Khazars' nobility, the Khazars' nobility, adopted Judaism. Hmm. Caught between two major world powers at the time, Islamic Empire and the Eastern Roman Empire in the Byzantium, they decided to, direct, to reject both Christianity and Islam, hence their decision to adopt Judaism. About 95% of those classed as Jews, the Oxenazium, are white and are of Khazar descendant. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. Please, please, Father, can I say this word? I'm not cussing, I'm really not. Damn it, if you don't know where you come from and who you are, how are you going to step out there and make noises about anybody being anti-Semitic when you are not the Semitic people? By, by history. And I'm not being anti-Semitic, I'm being f factual. This, yeah. this information I'm right reading to you is information that is, this, this writer here is not the only writer that speaks of the Khazars being associated with these white Jews. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not the only one. The writer goes on to say, they are not the original Jews. According to Arthur Kostler, himself an Oxenazi Jew of Khazar ancestry. The story of the Khazar Empire is, as it slowly emerges from the past, begins to look like the most crucial hoax which history has ever perpetrated. After adopting the religion of the original black Jews, the Khazars corrupted the teaching of the Talmud and created their own special religion called Judaism. This is, a, this is an Oxenazi Jew writing this. Mm -hmm. The word Judaism was their own invention since it cannot be found anywhere in the history of black Jews. As yeah. Zuzar has pointed out, Phariseeism is a fraudulent and misleading term. What is today called Judaism is Phariseeism during Jesus' time 
It was Flavius Josephus writing for the instruction of the Greeks and the Romans who coined the term Judaism in order to pit it against Hellenism. Mm. Phariseeism was based on the teachings of the Talmud and the Pharisees called themselves the chosen ones. The Pharisees mean separated, separated ones. And the Pharisees practiced an art fight, an, an, an art, uh, arpied system against black Jews. Mm. The powerful Khazar Empire disintegrated when their army was defeated in 965 by the Slavov, the prince of Kivi. With the loss of their empire, the Khazars disappeared throughout Europe, becoming nationals of Ukraine, Russia, Austria. Oh, are the Jews there? Hungary, yeah, were they there? Germany. Romania, were they there? Yep. Poland, were they there? Yep. Lithuania, were they there? Mm -hmm. Czechoslovakia, yeah, were they there? The Slavics. The Khazars fused their Turkish language with Baltic, Slavic, and East German dialects to create Yiddish language, which is not the same as Hebrew, Hebrew. language of the black <laughs> Jews. As already noted, it was Khazar Tomatic scholars who created the friction of blacks being a cursed race in order to justify the barbaric institution of slavery, which they took a prominent part in. I'm going to end the reading there. Is that enough? That, is that enough? Quote the book again. Who is this? So the people, book, this particular book is written by a gentleman named uh, let me get it up here again. His name is, oh, come on, I don't want that. I got to take you all the back, way back to here. It's written by, by his name is A-Y-L-M-E-R Von F-L-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. Mm. This particular book that I'm reading from, I got it on, from Amazon. Amazon. So that means you can go get it too. Go read the it. Black disseminated. Hole in the yeah. Bible. Now, wow. Is that not enough? That. <laughs> oh, I'm not through. I'm not through. I'm not through. Come on. Now, now, let's go somewhere in text. Yeshayahu. Chapter 44, verse 5. Mm -hmm. Let me get it here. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, don't freeze on me. Yeshayahu, Isaiah, chapter 45. 44? 44. 44. And verse 5. But let's start reading at the first verse. Okay. Now, in Isaiah, for those of you who don't know who Yeshayahu is, Isaiah chapter 44, and I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible. <laughs> Dr. Stern does have probably the best work out there that speaks closer, close to the Hebrew, yeah. to the Hebrew scroll. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, Yaakov, my servant, 
Israel whom I've chosen. Thus says Yahweh who made you, formed you in the womb, and will help you. Don't be afraid, Yaakov, my servant. Yeshuram, this word just means upright and straight, whom I have chosen. So now he's saying, Israel, you're upright and straight, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. Ah, this, this, now, now this, this prophecy is one that connects back with Joel chapter three. My blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows on the river banks. One will say, I belong to Yahweh. Another will be called by the name of Yaakov. Yet another will write that he belongs to Yahweh and adopt the surname Yisrael. Mm-hmm. Wonder who that is. This is Isaiah's talking. Yeah. Yeah. This is in the scroll. That's right. This is in the document. Right. We'll adopt the surname Yisrael. Now, I wonder who those are. Mm, I wonder too. Now, please hear what I'm going to say next. And I've said this before. The Most High became very angry with black Hebrew Israel. He dispersed them to the four corners of the earth. Now I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Anybody with a reasonable mind can, can understand. If you go back and you read Devarim chapter 28, starting at verse 15 to 69, ask yourself a question. Mm -hmm. Who do all of those curses fall on? Who, who, who are the recipients of the embodiment of all those curses? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the Oxenazi Jews haven't had a hard time. They have. Mm -hmm. But all these curses in, in, in Devarim chapter 28, verse 15 through 69, don't fall on them. Yeah, it's not a very good when you say, uh, when I read that and you're like, who does that define? What group of people fits that description the most? Number one, he said you would be hated and you would be a byword. Hey, hey. The Ashkenazi Jews are not hated. They may be disliked by some Europeans, but they're not hated by us. Although we certainly have a right to, to, to feel that way, but then again, you gotta realize, uh, when you was going to school and you were studying history and they talked about the the, the the ships landing at Plymouth Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody told us that those were European Oxenazis who brought us over here. Yeah, sixteen nineteen. Yeah, and for all this time, we've been mad at the white man. 
But you know, I think you 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 make a great point there by saying that even even still, we don't harbor hate for them. No. Not at all. No. This may seem like we're on a rant and we're trying to no. throw them under a bus. That's not even remotely close no. to the truth. No. It's no. it's it's no. an issue of our fervor and our vehement our, our our zeal for this is trying to get everybody to understand of getting you back to a quintessential quote that one of our ancestors made, which is Marcus Garvey, who said what? A tree Y'all don't know, listen, without, y'all don't know what? Without, without knowing your origin, you, 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 you don't, without You're like knowing. a tree without roots. Yeah, yeah. And this is the issue, yeah. is getting us to understand, yeah. because that's the first piece, because I got to do this right now. Can you please forgive me? Yes. I, I got to do this yes, right now. Yes, because I can come back to this. Okay, because I got to not, because people, because I'm here, I don't want at least from my perspective. Well, from our perspective. Our perspective. I don't want this to be, because I got to take you Hebrews to the woodshed too. Now, you might think that we coming down hard on Ashkenazis and the Sephardics and all those individuals. We're not. If I'm going to come down hard on somebody, I'm going to come down hard on us. A thousand times harder than what we're talking about right now. Why? Because it's the one quintessential thing that I thought when I was watching that whole entire documentary that was never said through the whole entire thing. This is what I was talking to you about off, off, off camera. That was left out. That really got me thinking about this. We're having this conversation because of why. Your ancestors were jumping in the ocean because of why. We got exiled out of the land because of why? Why are we even having this conversation about individuals coming into the land and posing as us? Why? Because of this one issue we've been pontificating about every single podcast. You abandoned those mitzvotes. When the Most High told you to do X, you decided you wanted to do Y. We're talking about it right now in the Book of Shove team. Everybody does what they thought was right, right in, in their, their own, own eyes. And they abandon, they abandon the <laughs> one who brought them out of Mitzrayim. Yeah, let's not forget where this started. Now, just because they're, in the, they're a, 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 along this narrative, they're in there somewhere... They're not the real issue. They're not the issue. No, At the end not. of the day, let's not lose sight of focusing on this group of people. Granted, we're bringing a truth out about them, but the issue at the end of the day, it ain't about them. It's about you. And the fact that you want to go over here and worship Sky Daddy Jesus all day long and get away from the mitzvah. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> you waiting for this individual to jump out the sky and deliver you from something and it ain't gonna happen you've adopted every single idolatrous god and the most high has been very patient with us you've gotten your butt kicked and it's continuing to get kicked and it just and i gotta say this too it really just chaps me up to have a bunch of hebrews over here in the united states talking about what the united states owes us the United States don't owe us nothing because the issue at the end of the day is we ain't supposed to be here. We're supposed to occupy the land. And for you 
self-righteous Negroes that want to sit there and say, well, I ain't going back to Africa. It's not about going back to Africa. See, you don't even know. You haven't even read the text. You don't even know where our land is. Yes, it occupies a portion of Africa. The northeast corner from the body of Egypt to the Euphrates. That's all the way up there in Turkey. All the way from the Great Sea, which is over there on the, matter of fact, on the west side from the Mediterranean Sea, all the way down to the Indian Ocean. That is where your land is specified to be. I don't want to go back to Africa. See, that's, you've been brainwashed and programmed because your Hebraicness you're not connected to. You think you're going back to some dirt pit somewhere. They've already set up your land already. And you're sitting here trying to ask these individuals for reparations and everything else around here, which you don't need. What you need is to actually get back to these mitzvotes. So I'm going to be a thousand times harder on y'all. Because you're over here looking to your oppressor for something that the Most High is already going to end up giving you that you already have inherited because what are you walking around with in your flesh? You're walking around with the circumcision in the flesh. That's why them Christianity is over there trying to get you to denounce circumcision because it denounces the contract that says, I'm giving you a land and you are my people. And every time that I see a Hebrew walking around with that circumcision in the flesh, that means that I'm going to honor that contract. Grasshopper. That's what we own. Grasshopper. Hello, Grasshopper. So, so we didn't spend 40 minutes, almost an hour, talking about these Ashkenazis. But I'm going to tell you what. Again, you Hebrew Negroes, so-called, that don't want to go and study and have any acumen, you sound foolish. Let me calm down. You need to do your research and get back into this book. The first step for us Getting back to the mitts, folks. Grasshopper. <laughs> hey, grasshopper. Grasshopper. Allow me, if yes, you would. Yes, sir. Yes, Allow sir. me, if yes, you sir. would. Yes, sir. You've been, you've been, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Allow me, if you would, to read from the book of Lamentations. <laughs> the book of Lamentations, yes. chapter 5, verse 7. Mm. The writer, who happens to be called the weeping prophet ah. says these words. Mm. Our ancestors sinned and no longer exist. And we bear the weight of their guilt. Yeah. We are ruled by slaves. Mm. And there is no one to save us from their power. We get our food at the peril of our lives because of the sword in the desert. Oh, our skins are as black as a furnace because of the searing blast of famine. They have raped the women of Zion, virgins in the cities of Yehuda. Princes are hung up by their hands. Mm -hmm. Leaders receive no respect. Young men are compelled to grind at the mill. Boys stagger under the loads of wool, yeah. wood. Old men have deserted the city gate. Young men have given up their music. Joy has vanished from our hearts. Our dancing has turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our heads. Woe is us for we have sinned. Mm. Now, this is Brother Jeremiah yeah. talking. Brother Jeremiah is a melanated man. Yes, he is. And he's speaking these words. What did he say? 
We're <laughs> in this situation because yes, our right. ancestors decided that they did not want to follow the Torah. Yeah. And they wanted to go worship other Elohims. That's right. And the Most High said, because you've done this, I will disperse you to the four corners of the earth. Now, let's get back to where I was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because I was going to say one last thing. No. No? Oh, oh you can say one last thing, but I'm, I'm, let, me, let me get this out. Okay. So how does the Most High's prophetic words concerning the nation of Israel happen because of their sin of omission? Yeah. How does it happen? Mm -hmm. Well, he uses nations like he used Babylon when the first exile took place. He used the nation of Babylon to take his people into captivity, and they were there 490 years. Mm. Okay? Now, we go back to the prophecy. For what you've done, Israel, Hebrew Israel, you black folks, <laughs> I'm dispersing you to the four corners of the world. Mm. I'm going to use a nation to do that. That nation that he used to do that happens to be the Aksanazi Jews, mm. the Khazars, the European Jews. Mm -hmm. They're the nation that he chose to do that. Mm. Now, with that, he recognized that with his people being out of the land, not having a Kohanim, not having a temple, that they were also going to lose their language. Absolutely. Yeah. What does he do? He has said in his word, I have not left myself without, without a witness. witness. So what does he do? Mm -hmm. He uses a nation. He uses the Aksanazi Jews these Khazars, these people are the individuals that he uses mm. to be the individuals that bring Hebrew Israel out of the land and disperse them into the four corners of the earth. Mm. That's how that happens. Yeah. But he didn't intend for them to treat us the way that they treat us, and he didn't intend for what happened to us to it's happen happened, to yeah. us, although he did say, some of you will die. Yeah, yeah. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not angry with the Aksanazi Jews. No, not at all. I want to thank them. Yes. Because what he now also did, I'm going to use you as the vehicle to disperse my people to the four corners of the earth, but I'm also going to give you their manuscript. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you their language. Mm -hmm. Even though you've changed it to Yiddish, yet and still you have preserved the language and the culture of Hebrew Israel for my people until. Right. Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh. What happened in the book of Daniel? <laughs> something got Daniel, open, didn't it? I'm telling you something. And what I'm telling you, Daniel, I need you to close it up until the fullness of the Gentile age has come. Oh, when did that happen? Oh, uh, 19... 1985. Uh, 85. 
What happened in 1985? Oh, the World Wide Web populated. Oh, what did the Most High say in Daniel? Oh, knowledge will increase. Oh, so now anything you can think that you need to know, you can you can Google it, you can text it, you can find information that yep. comes into your brain from wherever it comes. It's it, it's out there. You can you can get it. That's called knowledge is increased. That's called the Book of Daniel. That's right. being opened in your day and my day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now, so how do I get to this place? Because I want to thank the oxygen Jews for doing this for me. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I want to thank them. I want to thank the the because the Ashkenazi Jews are also responsible for bringing into existence something that's called Hebrew roots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Messianic Jews are the individuals who are the or the 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 the, the, uh, the um what's the word I want to use here are the individuals who introduce to us Hebrew roots. Mm. Well, thank you kindly. Yeah. Because when you introduced that, you gave me an opportunity to discover my roots. Right. Which is the reason why I'm having this discussion with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You showed me who I was. And you took me to a book. And you told me that I needed to know Torah. Mm-hmm. And I studied Torah, and I learned Torah, and I read Torah. Mm -hmm. I spent... I spent 1907 to 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 2020 2019 to 2019 going over the product that you said I needed to do every year and that's that's look at Torah Torah yeah Parashahs yes Parashahs yep so I studied the parishals from from nine from two thousand seven till two thousand and nineteen yeah. when I stopped. Mm. I also spent my time thanks to you. I appreciate what you did. I studied your Hebrew language, mm. which happens to be Yiddish, mm -hmm. but yet and still. It gave me understanding mm -hmm. of what the text is reading, is, yeah. is saying, and how to extrapolate from the text meaning back to its origin. Right. So now people ask me a question. I'm a, oh, they ask me, <laughs> well, oh, you read Hebrew? Yeah. Oh, are you a Jew? <laughs> no, no, I'm not a Jew. I'm Hebrew. Hebrew yeah. But they have preserved the language and preserved the culture yeah. for a time when the Gentile age would be fulfilled as Daniel said, here I am. Mm. Mm. And the, I, I want to thank them for that. I appreciate that. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. without their without their giving me some 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 knowledge and some direction in terms of who I am and my culture, there's things I wouldn't have understood in Hebrew text. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But I've graduated now. Yeah. I don't need them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, we're supposed to be teaching them. Can I wag our own tail for a second? Yeah. Okay. Because we have, well, I ain't going to do it. That's going to sound arrogant. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so we have come full, full, full scope into the tax. 
Mm-hmm. The text. The text. The text says from our opulent teacher whose acumen <laughs> has been downloaded to him straight from the source. Right. Mashe is not Jewish. He's Hebrew. He's Hebrew. Mashe is not a Jew. He's Hebrew. Mm-hmm. He writes and he says, Now, Israel, Devarim chapter 4. That's right. Listen to the laws and rulings I am teaching you in order to follow them. In order to obey the mitzvot of Yahweh, your Elohim, which I am giving you, do not add to what I am saying. And do not subtract from it. Do not build a fence around, around what I am saying. Do Hello. not write a Talmud that replaces what I am saying. Hello. Look, verse 5, I have taught you laws and rulings just as Yahweh, my Elohim, ordered me so that you can behave accordingly. Therefore, verse 6, observe them, follow them, for then all peoples will see you as having wisdom and an understanding. When they hear all these laws, they will say, this great nation is surely a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has El as close to them as Yahweh Elohim is whenever we call him? We're talking about Hebrew Israel. Mm -hmm. What great nation is there that has laws and rulings as just as this entire Torah which I am setting before you today? Thank you, Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that you preserved this for me. Yeah. They've been the curators of it, and which has been you awesome. you told me, you allowed me to find out who I was mm -hmm. so I could go into your document that you preserved for me mm -hmm. and pull out and extrapolate and understand who all the players are because your text defines them as being individuals who are melanated people, people yeah. who you're not. Mm, mm. Hey, I say to you, worship with us the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov because the Most High said to us, don't forget, black Hebrews, you were once a slave in Mitzrayim. Therefore, you are to love the foreigner. Yeah. yeah. So now then, come on, come on. Take your rightful place. Take your rightful place as being foreigners. Now, you can stop calling yourself Jews and refer to yourself as Hebrews because if you join with the nation of Hebrew, and you follow the Torah and its commandments, then you join with this opulent nation of who we are. Mm -hmm. And we're going to love you. Mm -hmm. We're going to love you. Absolutely. And every time I see you, I'm going to thank you for being obedient mm -hmm. to the Most High yeah. and preserving the Torah mm -hmm. and helping us to understand what it is. Yeah. But it's not yours. Mm. It belongs to Hebrew Israel, Israel yeah. whose ethnic language is Hebrew, not Yiddish. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I'm not anti-Semitic. No. I'm factual.
Mm-hmm. I am Semitic mm-hmm. because I'm Hebrew. My ancestors come out of the land mm-hmm. for which many of the individuals that came out of the land to this place came out of Ghana mm. and were gathered from places like Nigeria and other places in the African continent. Mm-hmm. I'm 75% Nigerian. Mm. My forefathers came to this nation. I would not be here. I would not be here had it not been for the transatlantic slave trade, trade yeah. for which you Oxenazi Jews mm-hmm. are the individuals who brought us to these nations. And America is only the second largest nation to which the slave trade dropped off Negroes or the, or the Hebrew people. South Brazil yeah, South America. to be the largest nation of which a great number of Hebrews were are, are mm. today. Now, mm. let me close with this. Mm. Here's what the documentary's done for me. Sean? Yes, sir. We have been focusing on the Negroes that are here in this nation that don't know who they are, that are in all of these Christian churches that are worshiping the God of the Greeks. We've been focusing on them. Yeah, we sure have. You know what the documentary did for me? Mm. The documentary showed me how absolutely large Hebrew Israel is and and how many nations of people that there are out there that are a part of the Hebrew nation. Mm -hmm. And watch this now. And the multiplicity of all those nations that's in that documentary Mm -hmm. don't know a doggone thing about Torah. They sure don't. I noticed that too. Now. Yeah. Now, here's what the Most High said in Yeshayahu. In Yeshayahu, the Most High said, that he is going to bring the nations with him back in the day when he redeems Hebrew Israel out of its exile. Mm. Now we know who those nations are. And the people of those nations are going to say, according to text, let's go up to Jerusalem because the Torah of Yahweh is being taught there. Why? Because in this exile, they don't know anything about Torah. Mm. We've been focusing on a... a, (laughs) (laughs) Siri. We've been focusing on a very minuscule portion of Hebrew Israel not realizing actually how really large this opulent nation is. Yeah. Yeah. The documentary has given us that insight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the reason I said today on Facebook if you're going to claim to be a Hebrew Israelite we need to give this brother, his props, set aside the miscues. We all have miscues. Yeah, absolutely. Set aside the miscues. We need to give him his props because what he's done, he's opened up the eyes 
of a lot of people to understand their melanation is connected back to our ancestors. See, you and I claim Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, oh, yeah. Mashe, and the we, we and, and the prophet. We claim them as our ancestors because we're reading text and we're going, hey, those are our people. Right. Exactly. But these people out there that he's documented, they don't have that clue of who that is because they're they they're they haven't read our document. Mm. And the Christian church has been fused by the Greeks, and the Greeks have turned have given them a a, a chance to turn their face away from the teachings of the Most High, so they don't have a clue. But this book has opened up. This this documentary now is going to open up. Why? Because the Most High is in the process right now yeah. of gathering his people back to him. I'm going to say this to you. Mm. Oh, did you have some last remarks you wanted to say? You know, no, 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 no. I, I think where I had left my fervor is a good place. And I'm moving with with the ebb and flow of where we're at. Anything adding to what we are is just going to compound on, on where we are. I'm, I'm listening and I'm learning from, from my mentor. Please. <laughs> so let me say this. Let he that hath an ear hear. I'm, I'm, I'm going across the street to get this. Let he that hath an ear to hear hear what the Ruach the set-apart spirit is bringing into your gate of understanding. If it's just the beginning of understanding, that's okay. The beginning of understanding, if you want to know, will grow, will grow. And as it grows, it will add truth to it. And as it adds truth to it, it will start eradicating that which is not true. That's what this document does for me mm. and my people. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. So I say to you, with the information that we've given you today, and I know we've been kind of animated, we've been kind of excited, but this subject just gets, gets us that way yeah. because we know the absolute truth without being anti-Semitic. And we've covered all the bases of which people want to claim anti-Semitism about an individual. I'm not bashing the Jews. Mm. The documentary does not bash the Jews. Mm. It only sets in motion to understand the people of the scripture are melanated people mm -hmm. and these people are non-melanated. They cannot be the Father's people. Mm -hmm. By text, they come from Japhat. By text, Father Abraham comes from Shem. By text, the 12 sons of Israel come out of the loins of Father Abraham. They are the progenitor of Shem. They are Shemites. They are Semitic. It's in the scroll. Right. Any Akhenazi that wants to come to me and have this conversation, I will take you to your scroll mm. and we can read it yeah. for yourself and then you tell me who you are. Right. Well, Sean, <laughs> this has been one of our longest podcasts yet. It's good, but it's good. But I say to you, 
This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And Sean the Grasshopper Appleton. And I say to you, Shalom. Shalom.